Okay, and uh, welcome to the Film Buffs podcast. I'm Jono. I'm Dan. And I'm Alex. And this week we're going to be talking about a very, very exciting film. I think all of us absolutely loved it. Venom, which came Everybody out in the last world loved week, it. so it's a very fresh film. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's an absolute sensation. So we've all, uh, we've all seen it. We've all sat through the viewing experience in the theaters, and I think we all had some interesting crowd reactions that we all experienced. I don't, I, I know in my experience, I definitely had some interesting uh, <laughs> responses in the theater. But uh, yeah, we, we'll, we'll get right down to it. So. Um, Without further ado, let's uh, let's see what did uh, Dan? What did you think? What were your initial thoughts on the on the film? Uh, okay, so my initial thoughts is that this was a a very mediocre film. It, uh, it there was no risk involved. It was very weird, and the tone was all over the place. Um, it was a very unsatisfying film in a lot of ways. Alex? It's bad. Like, what can I say? This is, this is like Batman and Robin bad. Like, Dark Devil bad. Like, Catwoman bad. It's right there. It's (laughs) Catwoman bad? Really? Catwoman bad. Like, just look how, look how bad, like, not even Tom Hardy does a good job, in my opinion. Like, he's just this awkward guy all the time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get right in. Let's get right into the casting uh, problems. But first, I'd like to say a couple things. Uh, Go for it. I completely echo everybody's uh, sentiment there. It was. I'll give it. I'll give it a couple of. I'll say it wasn't a Catwoman. I remember seeing Catwoman and being absolutely horrified by that film. And I was I was young at the time too. I I remember thinking this was going to be you know an inter. <laughs> It's going to be a Catwoman film. I was kind of interested in it, and I remember seeing it. I was like, this is really, really getting bad. So I wouldn't put it, like, it's that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I'm not even going to get into that. I mean, let's be but honest. I don't, we I all, put... at that age, we all watch Catwoman just strictly for Halle Berry in the cat suit. We were all teenagers at the time that came out. That's the only reason anyone watched it. <laughs> I watched it for plot and themes. Uh, I, I was character. let down. <laughs> Oh, yeah, wow. And, uh, you guys are so full of it. <laughs> yeah. We certainly didn't get any of those in that film. But the uh, the this I wouldn't put on that level of bad storytelling. It was it was I actually thought there were some things that were working and mm-hmm. some things that really weren't. And I would say that definitely the things that really weren't were obviously outweighing the good stuff happening in it. But it was definitely something. There was a lot lacking from this film. Pacing was all over the place. Dan tone was all over the place. You're absolutely right. It just across the board, um, everything was just off, except for one thing, and we'll get to that in a bit. But yeah, my, I, I, uh, hang on, my, hang on. I'm I'm with you right there. Like I I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I know Alex is Mexican, so he's very passionate about things. But I personally, I wouldn't go so far as to say it was a Catwoman bad. I just thought but it was right down the bad. middle, like Daredevil. Okay, uh, I don't know. Daredevil was so terrible. I, don't know. I wouldn't go that far either. I felt like this was just so very vanilla in every way. You know, like it wasn't horrendous. It wasn't 
wonderful. It was just like a solid five. <laughs> oh, I would put it below five personally, but I wouldn't okay, put it four. at like a one. Yeah, yeah, it was a four, and uh, and well, that's our score. So should we just end the podcast right here? <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it's Alex's score a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> it's over um okay. but yeah that was uh that was definitely uh a disappointment that film but okay so tom hardy let's start there and uh see what everybody's okay. thoughts were on him i'll say right from the beginning from like the first trailer i didn't buy anything that they were setting up with uh or setting term tom hardy up to be like the journalist thing i was like this really doesn't work for me in the commercial uh leading up to it i'm really curious to see how they make him believable in this role and you know what this kind of took tom hardy down a notch for me like i i actually haven't seen a lot with him lately where i'm like he's doing a a bang up job you know what i mean i think he's like he just did not fit this role he seemed it just was so wrong for him, mm. honestly. It was just him being a journalist. And I saw what they tried to do there. I was like, oh, they're kind of making him kind of this vice, um, uh, this this vice kind of um, news anchor kind of thing where he goes out and does uh, yeah, hard-hitting pieces journalism. on people. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like this kind of like this cool, uh, you know, gets in your face journalist yeah. does all the hard work, but he's like, He's not really that uh, your average journalist, right? He he's definitely mm-hmm. against the grain. He's this rebel, and it just didn't work. I thought it was super awkward and weird, and he just he just you just kind of felt like he was he stumbled in off the street, uh, <laughs> and was like half drunk and was like, "I'm gonna do a story." Oh, camera perfect, and then just kind of rolls into this whole character, and it made no sense to me. It really didn't. Like I was I was really trying to believe that this was working and it just didn't work at all yeah i had a lot of trouble with the characters as well i thought that um i mean tom hardy is such a good actor and he's done so much good work that this one i feel like you know we all got to pay rent right we all got (laughs) i felt like this was a paying rent kind of thing for tom to do and I, i was a little bit disappointed in that because his body of work so far has really been character driven for the most part so, yeah, I actually felt like most of the time he was doing a Ryan Gosling impression. <laughs> yeah, there's something you know, that's really underwhelming about his tone. Like, just the way he delivered stuff. Like, I, don't, I don't know. You know it's kind of like this weird New Yorker thing. That's what I mean. That's sort, of, that, that, that sort of Ryan Gosling, you know, like the mumbling. Like, you know, I don't know, you know, who knows? Jersey Boys, you know, downtown Williamsburg, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? You, you're in, you're yeah. in San Francisco, man. That's how it's they like, talk in San Francisco. Like when you see Mad Max, you it makes sense that he's not talking that much because he's like this traumatized mm-hmm. act guy who's been through a lot. But here he's just a anchor man who's doing like a crappy show on the TV, and he's so weird and and I like it, it makes no sense. And that's not even how the character is in the in the comics. So it's kind of weird. So who's the character in the comics? His name is. It, I, I'm not familiar with the Venom. Brock, with the Venom story. Teddy Brock. Okay. He's a, yep. a reporter, and he is like pretty much the Spider-Man nemesis. Like they are. 
fighting each other to be to, like for who is a better reporter or photographer. Kind of like it. It's more okay. like Spider-Man Three. It's more similar to the original mm -hmm. story than this. And what really bothers me the most about like talking about story is that there there can be no Venom without Spider-Man. So. Yeah, I was um, I was a bit confused by that as well because in my mind I was going into a villain origin story. Yeah, and it's kind of weird yeah. because the reason why Venom has like the Spider-Man eyes is because before the symbiote goes into Venom, goes inside Peter Parker, and he copies. Yeah, he, so he replicates. Yeah, he replicates everything. Yeah, and he reveals. Right the true identity of who Spider-Man is to Eddie Brock. And it's kind of interesting because Venom knows who Spider-Man is and their fight is pretty much that, that Spider-Man is afraid that Venom is going to reveal his true identity. But here it's just like... Whereas in this... Go ahead. Whereas in this case, they just kind of... They just immediately jump into that and that's what the... That's what the, the virus or whatever... Yeah. The uh, symbiote. That's what the, that's what symbiote does. Yeah, he just takes on this shape because you see it with the villain in this case. It, it was really confusing. It really was because you know Venom is he's painted as kind of this anti-hero in this instead of and a, vi a villain. Venom goes through is that. He, does he become kind of an anti-hero at any point in the comic? Yeah, yeah he becomes an anti-hero. But the interesting, like what everybody loves about Venom, is when he's completely evil and how he takes over Eddie Brock, and Eddie Brock is an angry guy. And just seeing that part missing, and like really, just Eddie Brock doesn't work for me. But Eddie Brock and Venom, like it's a good relationship, in my opinion. Like it's kind of cool to see them talk to each other and how he's like confused of having this symbiote talking to him. That was kind of cool, but, mm -hmm. but overall it's. Yeah. I, um, I, I was super confused by that whole thing because like I said earlier, it seemed to me that this was supposed to be a villain origin story. And I thought that, that Venom was supposed to be a bad guy. And when he comes into this film, it seems like he's bad, but then the tonal shift, it becomes this weird sort of, Oh, he he's a good guy and he wants to stay and he's willing to betray his own kind in order to protect the earth all of a sudden and that was just so strange to me. Yeah, it's it's dumb and, and the way you see like going back to the casting and the like the villain from the story, it just makes no sense. He doesn't seem like a threat at any moment of the film. Michelle Williams is completely wasted there. I I don't know, I think Overall, the casting is a mess, and if you, as, as an audience, and for just a, a simple movie as this, can't understand the relationships, there's something very wrong with it. Yeah, and that it was, was a huge part, is like the connections between every single person in that film, from uh, Tom Hardy and Michelle Williams to uh, the villain... Uh, Carlton Drake in the film and then like even the, the the woman who who lets Venom into the lab it's just like nobody nobody's reason for doing anything is I mean you get why they're doing stuff but it feels very like they're just hitting the necessary beats in the story to get here and there everything felt very rushed 
yeah. like establishing Tom Hardy and Michelle Williams' relationship and how they're in love and that they're getting married and that they care deeply for each other. But then, like, it all flips in an instant. She's like, I'm leaving you, and here's the wedding. Here's the yes. engagement ring. Yeah, that, and then, was, like, that was so you know, bad. The, the whole... And then setting up like that he's suspicious about Carlton Drake, uh, and yeah. then he and he goes and tries to get the story and scoop on him, and then that backfires, and everything goes in spiraling down so quickly, and it's all connected but so poorly, and it just feels super forced. And the way that she would even communicate, Michelle Williams would communicate with Tom Hardy in that moment where she breaks up, it just felt like super obviously contrived. It just felt so unnatural. You didn't care about the fact that they were breaking up. Mm-hmm. It was just like you they didn't you didn't get that they, you didn't really get the impression that they even really cared about each other. Oh, 100%. And then 100%. And so you just you're like, well, whatever. Okay. So now we're moving on and Tom Hardy's now upset. He loses his job, he loses everything. Okay, I get it. Then one day this staffer from the lab shows up and says, "I want you to come in and expose stuff." And then she like yeah. Does it in such a half-assed way. I was like super on it. It was weird. Like she lets him in, something happens, and then she kind of just doesn't talk to him for a couple days. I was like, wouldn't you care so much? Like you did this, <laughs> stuff went sideways, and like you just you're just questioning everybody in this film. I really didn't get it. <laughs> it you just you, yeah. you just felt like they were going through the motions with this, and it's like. Here's the conflict. Here's the conflict. Here's your inciting incident. All right, moving on. Let's just show Venom. We did a great job with him. You know. Yeah, that was something I wrote down. Is that every everyone, all the characters were completely unmotivated internally. You know, like, uh, like you said about Michelle Williams. I thought again, I she was wasted. I actually have a huge problem with like celebrities and and people with star power in these kind of fantasy films. I I just don't think that they these characters are complex enough to bring in an actress of Michelle Williams's caliber or Tom Hardy's character uh caliber for that matter I just there's so many capable younger actors out there that could do these these roles very very easily and I think bring a lot more life to it because there's a lot more desire for them to actually make a good film that being said I thought Tom Hardy was the best part of the film but all of the characters were very unmotivated that moment with Michelle Williams where she takes up the ring, like you said, it was just, there was no emotion from her. It's like, you're about to marry this man, and for some reason, this betrayal of him looking at your files is so big, this job is so much more important to you than this relationship, and you're willing to just walk away with no conversation, right in that moment, take off the ring and give it back. It was just, it was... It's insane. They and then could have yeah, said was, just like, Tom Hardy no didn't even really fight for her. done it more you know, than once like, already, so... Yeah, how many times has she been engaged, yeah. right? Yeah, like, I don't care. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, like... And then when he got, walks by her apartment later on in the movie, and he's like, I, I miss you. Why well, don't I, I miss you? Maybe we... Yeah. I, well, I, he I, talks like Rocky right, in that me. movie. He sounds like Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sylvester Stallone and Ryan Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Hey, I uh, I miss you. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, hey, Adrian. Adrian. Yo, Adrian. It was uh, there was something very. <laughs> yeah, he just had no. There was no emotion behind any character. It all felt very 
just slapped together. That's, uh, that's I don't what know. I was saying, what, that what? for me it feels like going back to Batman and Robin, Catwoman, and all those films. Because there's no emotion and there's no risk. It's only like, yeah. look, we have really cool action scenes, and we have this awesome CGI suit that we made, and it felt just like that, like only VFX mm -hmm. and CGI, and, and that's it. It didn't have any context to the story. Yeah, yeah, well, this it felt like it, the film was directed by Ruben Fleischer, and I did a little research on him. Like, I've never heard of this guy before. Um, from what I've seen on his IMDb, he's just done a lot of TV, and he did Gangster Squad, which was with Ryan Gosling, ironically, and uh, and that's about Zombieland it. Zombieland was, was not really popular. Film. Zombieland was like a huge hit when it came out. Was yeah. it? And it's a fun movie. Okay. It's a fun movie, but it's not like. It, but it's not an action film. It is. It's, it is. It's not a big film. It's not. It's not a big yeah, film. Yeah, it's not. Though. It's not. It's like a twenty-five million dollar movie. It's not. A, yeah. yeah, and it was a bit that, of a that's, classic. That's what I was sort of leading up to. Is that I felt like this was very much an unproven director. You know, he's only forty-three, so and he's done a lot of TV, but he hasn't done a lot of film. And I felt like this this movie was very much a young director just bowing to studios. And the executives and just like, yep, okay, yep, okay, yep. No artistic risk. I think no pushback I on any like of the ideas. And that that's what I've Everybody in Sony it's it. sorry, Jono. Everybody in Sony has the same problem. Everybody who jumps in to do a Spider Man film, this happens to them. Like it's like it's like a curse, really. Nobody nobody can make a good Spider Man movie without studio. Seems like the studio over controls every like micromanages every single thing in the story and that's why these kind of things happen apparently they caught like 40 minutes of tom hardy moments with venom that tom hardy really liked and he wasn't very mm -hmm. pleased with it so who knows like i think it's 50 percent the director's fault and 50 percent the studio i think these studios and we've talked about this before these are super precious characters to them and they have to use them to keep their rights, uh, their exclusive rights to using the character. Am I right in saying that? I believe Spider-Man has a certain, uh, whatever, the, the characters that are in the Spider-Man universe belong to Sony, and they have to use them, and they're just throwing these things out there to continue their exclusive rights, and, you know, uh, this is me, obviously, throwing out the theory there, but I'm fairly certain it is that like that. that's it how is it like works. That. But, what, I, but like these, they're, they're basically in this case just <clears throat> trying trying something that uh, it just didn't feel very thought through and like I, I can totally see what you're saying, Alex, where the studio gets way too involved and doesn't let the creative team do what they're there to do uh, because Again, these characters are too precious to them, and they get in the way of making a good movie. Yeah. It's sad. It is yeah. sad, but I, 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 I do don't think, think any of this went wrong here. Huh? Yeah, but I mean, for me, this is right on right on par. I don't think any of the Spider-Man movies personally have been any good. I've really kind of disliked all of them. I thought they've been very misguided. Did and you get a chance to see Homecoming? Poorly executed films. I haven't seen Homecoming yet. Yeah, Homecoming I love Homecoming. Is... I thought Homecoming was a lot of fun. It was a really well done, uh, fun, interesting, 
take on Spider-Man. It felt good to me. I don't know, Alex. I, uh, I, I loved Spider-Man it. I loved line. it. But that's Kevin Feige took over. Like they made a deal with Sony to make three Spider-Man mm-hmm. films. So they pretty much like took over the character, the story, and everything. And that's why it's really good. Like you can see how Marvel handled Spider-Man and then how Sony has been handled it since 2001. It's it's a mess, yeah. like, but you really see him coming. Okay, so hang so, on. Can, can you explain that? So Sony okay. has their own yeah, rights Sony to owns Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Sony bought Spider-Man like back in the 90s. And right. they did movies like the Tobey Maguire movies, the three movies. Then they yeah. did two more with what? Andrew yeah, Garfield. Guy, which are Andrew Garfield. awful. Like yeah. those are worse than yeah. Tobey Maguire films. Yeah. Like those are... They, they are, killed. Sure. They 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 killed Spider Man for me. Those were like movies for idiots. Really, They're like I don't see anyone liking them. Like everybody, I think. Yeah. Like I don't. They feel like love story, like a love story, and not really a Spider Man movie. And after that, mm-hmm. they were yeah really scared that we're not gonna be able to bring back Spider Man. And they had like t- twenty different ideas to reboot the whole franchise. And then Marvel came up with the idea to do Civil War. And I don't know if you guys read the right. Civil War comic, but Spider-Man is like a key part in the in the story. Yes, but Spider-Man, yeah. like, do you know, do you guys know the story about Civil War? Like, kind of? Not, not really. I mean, I saw the film. Other than outside yeah, of the it's film? It's kind of like the film, but it's like more dramatic. Like, you have... Everybody's, yeah, everybody's in, in it, it too. But Spider-Man is like one of the keys because he reveals his identity as half of the comic just to prove that he wants to support Tony Stark and blah, 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 whatever. Read it. Everybody read it. You're going to love it. But the case is that Spider-Man was key in Civil War. So Kevin Feige, back, like back in 2013, I guess, started in conversations with, with Sony. Uh-huh. And... It was like a go and a no-go. Like, it was back and forth. And after a couple years of arguing, they managed to get him in Civil War. And the deal was, like, you get him in five movies or something like that. Three three right. main films and two... What's that called? I forgot. Like a cameo. Like a little cameo. Right. They yeah. did that. But I think who gets most of the earnings of sp- every Spider-Man film... Is Marvel. So Marvel, so sorry, so Sony is like trying to create their own Spider-Man universe because they're not making that mm-hmm. much money out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, that makes right. sense. So mm. yeah, yeah. So they've essentially rented exactly. Spider-Man yeah, to Marvel. The, I, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah, being okay. like, I'm, okay. I'm talking like a, like gossip here, but yeah. Well, it's true. Is what they've done, and that's why I feel like there was a bit of a weird um, absence going on in this film, where you just like it's it's just a little bit in conflict with what's going on currently, because you know that Venom's a Spider-Man character, uh, and then you see what's going on with Marvel, and they did a really great job of doing Spider-Man right. You know, he's. He's a high school kid who's funny, quirky, uh, and, you know, he's just, he's a good Spider-Man. And then you're right, the other ones are terrible. Andrew Garfield's 
the second one was particularly bad, but uh, I actually uh, there were elements of of the Amazing Spider-Man that I enjoyed. But you're right; oh, it felt like laughable. a weird romance story, and uh, it actually felt like when I was watching it, I was like, you could. I felt like it was a, a romance story between the actors because they were dating at the time, right? right? Instead Stone of the characters, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I felt it was and like they were really liking each other on yeah. set. They like working together. <laughs> Great, good for them. But it, the film, <laughs> the film suffered for it. I was like, this sucks. Yeah. No, Anyways, always, this always film does. though, Venom. There's just feels like this weird that this. It's like you know that they're part of the same thing, but they there's just like, what's going on? Like it's diverging. They're just trying to split their own characters off and do whatever they're doing. It's really weird. It felt off. And again, back to like the actual uh, construction of the film and the characters. No one meshed. Everything felt weird. Everybody's motives were completely forced. Even like, okay, here's the thing. Uh, Now I'll mention it. I thought they did a really good job with Venom and, uh, and, um, sorry, who am I saying here? With Venom and Eddie Brock. Right. So, like, their conversations. I thought there was some really great humorous moments in there. And yep. you really get that dark broodingness out of Venom. I thought the voice was really awesome, the way they kind of blended him into scenes. And they, they created that dialogue between the two of them. Like, I was laughing. I thought there were some really funny moments. But then all of a sudden, like, he's a good guy. Like, yeah. out of the blue, yeah, yeah. he's like, I like it here. It's just like, it's like, again, so the motives, they're all over the place. They're all super weird. Everyone's like, what? Yeah, but why? But that was the thing, like <laughs> you know, like, the film for the first half an hour with all of like the you know the, the relationship stuff going on, it wasn't funny. There was no there was no humor in the first sort of half an hour, and then all of a sudden Venom makes a joke and the audience cracks up because it w- it a it was funny, but it was just so like such a dramatic tonal shift that it was. It's awful. like com- like drama, then horror, then action. Then comedy again. Yeah. It's just all yeah. over the place. Yeah, it's... It was super all over the place. And Venom was the best part of it. And then he kind of falls apart. Because, again, it just felt like every step in the story was a lazy check-the-box of screenwriting uh, 101 here, right? It just yeah. felt like, okay, now this needs to happen. Now this needs to happen. Yeah. It's like and they, it's like they wrote really this... there was really no thought into it. They wrote the screenplay while they were literally reading Save the Cat. You know, the, the infamous uh, screenplay writing book, right? It's like, okay, they told us yeah, to do it here, definitely. so we just plug it in. But, um, yeah, like you said about Venom, started great. But I feel like he became the cookie monster. Don't you? Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> like, oh, we like it here. Mm. A little bit, We bite yeah. heads off, you know? <laughs> like, that's like what, I, I kept laughing of, because he just... Like, <laughs> Yeah, like uh, when he yeah. started, it was a much deeper, more intense voice, and then it became this like the Cookie Monster. <laughs> That's all I could think of. Oh, that's yeah, fair, Dan. Like, except the Cookie Monster eating human head. Right, oh. but th- that's the only difference, basically, because that's all his motivation was. Was like, we eat their heads now. No, you can't eat their heads. Why not? Because they're good people. So we only eat bad people. It was like the dynamic between John Connor and Terminator in Terminator Judgment Day. It was kind of like, I think they went for that, but it didn't play out that way. Like, 
to start with, yeah. like, Terminator was a machine. Like, he doesn't understand good from yeah. evil. This is a living creature from a planet that's supposed to be super intelligent yeah. and more evolved than ours, and yet he's an idiot. Well, yeah, I mean, I and thought it, the, the yeah, funniest more like line he had was when he said, like, I'm actually a loser on my home planet. You know, it's like I'm kind of a geek. Like, that was funny. Yeah. But it didn't, oh, yeah. again, like, you're still betraying your entire race and their whole objective in, in, I don't know, somehow their objective was to come to Earth and take over, but yet they were found on another planet not trying to reach Earth. So I, I can't, yeah. that was another strange story construct because like you you kind of the whole time are wondering why they're there in the first place and apparently they have this whole plan for being there and then he just he doesn't he doesn't you don't really get this like full scope of his decision making process so he wasn't liked on his own planet like even if they just said like he realizes the amount of power that he could potentially have here and that he doesn't want to share that power with anybody else that would make a little bit more sense yeah, and maybe they touched on it a bit, but it really didn't. You really didn't get that impression. His his entire reason for changing his mind is that I like it here. That's yeah. it. And I think the it only line that he had was when he's on top of the building. And he goes, "Oh, your city's not as ugly as I thought." You know, when he sees the lights in San Francisco. But again, yeah. like, wh- why? So why is he... lighting gives Venom a change of heart? Yeah. Like... <laughs> Yeah, it was. You're right, and you know he he was very Cookie Monster esque. Except no one explains to Cookie Monster why he shouldn't eat good and bad cookies. Yeah, he just like don't take cookies on Canada Day. (laughs) (laughs) You mean uh, you mean four twenty? No, remember Canada Day that they call it Cannabis Day too? Do you remember that? Like back in what was the place? Forgot. On the art gallery that, that all the potheads are... Robson yeah, Square. Yeah, that all the, the potheads yeah. go, go there and sell cookies, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, of 420. Yeah. No, yeah. it was not even 420, it was Canada Day, I remember. I remember they had, <laughs> they had like, Canada yeah, flags with a, with a marijuana leaf. The weed leaf. Yeah, like, yeah. This yeah. is outrageous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is outrageous. Uh, I've never heard of it that yeah. described that way. I like it. This is outrageous, in a in a good way. I'm sure, yeah. right, Al? Yeah, I love Canada. I love okay. Canada. That's why I don't like them to have like who doesn't uh, marry one leaf in that lovely maple. Hmm. Yeah, let's be famous for the syrup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First. Yeah, not 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 the other way around. Then other things. You guys do your own thing, um, but don't do it to our. <laughs> Anyways, uh. <laughs> They were uh, yeah that mo- the movie was uh again I thought there were some elements with Venom that worked really that were were starting to work and then just completely went you know ass backwards Every time you failed and, that and, the movie and, was and, turned and like good, they just pulled it just turned awful Yeah and even like when his uh his ex fiance comes back into the picture and the I mean like there were elements of that that were okay it's like the doctor the the fiance the mm-hmm. new boyfriend is like he's just like a nice guy trying to help out and like that's yeah. cool and you know he brings some interesting stuff into that that dynamic there's kind of this humorous triangle going on between them and but he also cares and he's like you get the impression that 
he's a legitimate good guy. Yeah. And there, it's a, there was it's a romance that was and a character. bromance. Totally. And because he actually, he kind of respects, uh, he kind of respects Eddie Brock, right? He respects so, hard hitting journalism. You get that from him. Yeah, he really loves <laughs> hard hitting, <laughs> unrealistic journalists that clearly don't do that job. Uh, but yeah, so he, he had some like good build, like, to the character in that sense, like as a side character, I, I believe what he was doing. But nothing interesting whole... happened with him, though. He's like no, a nothing happened release. with him either. And then the he was, yeah. And then the fiance all of a sudden is like back on board with it. And you're like, I, when she came back in, I was just like, why are you even here? <laughs> like, why? Like, what? What are you doing this entire yeah. time? You're you're breaking up for over over this, and you're. You're in love in the beginning, you break up, then all of a sudden you're back into it, and you want to help out, and then you're even like taking on the symbiote to give it back to him. Like it was just like su- like it was super just you didn't get why she was even helping out or why she would go to those lengths. You know what that, for what that him scene too, was like, right? like I'm sorry, I'm, like I'm ke- I keep comparing this movie with really bad films. Well, Terminator is a good one. Remember the mask? Remember that movie mm-hmm. with Jim Carrey? Yeah. Remember when the dogs puts on the mask and saves him from something at the end of the film? It was yeah. kind of like that when she gets the suit on. Like, there's no point for that. And then they, it just makes no sense. Yeah. That was the thing. Like, Venom, his sort of like, you know, the sonic weakness that he's affected by the high pitch frequencies, I think is an interesting. Like a potentially interesting weakness, but again, like it, it wasn't exploited in any interesting way. That's how, like in the comics, you know what I mean? that's like, how Venom gets the suit. Well, Eddie Brock, like Spider Man, is wearing the. Well, he has the symbiote, and he goes to a church yeah. tower, and the sound of the, like the ringing of the bells, makes the symbiote leave yeah. his body, and then goes into Eddie Brock's body. And that's like kind of cool right. because you as an audience, to read. I remember that from Spider Man. Yeah, and, and when 3. I saw that on that film, I'm like, man, I think they're gonna do something cool. This movie's been really bad, but maybe now is when the good part starts, but didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that movie also was bad. Unfortunately, Venom, as cool of a character as he is, has really had a bad, bad, bad big bad, screen yeah. run. Bad run. And probably is gonna keep going that, that way. That was not. And fun. they're gonna make a sequel. <laughs> Jeez, hey, um, are they? How they? How this movie do? But box eighty on million this dollars is the October record from forever. Eighty um, box office mojo, whatever. Yeah. It's actually doing okay. Like opening weekend, it was it was doing very well. Yeah, I mean, so, it was was it a hundred million dollar film? Yeah, I know, like seventy. I don't actually know. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not getting great reviews at all. Well, we I'm not. Talked about no, but it, it's funny. You guys know Cinema Score? Okay. Yep. Well, yes. You know, like for the people who are listening to us who don't know, like these people go to the theaters after people watch a movie and ask them questions, like, how do they feel about it? It got a really good score. Yeah. Like, people are actually, really? like, a lot of people really? are actually liking it. Reviews are hitting. Yeah, I it. saw on IMDb it got like a seven point one, which I thought was way too high. Yeah. IMDb is so weird and inaccurate. Yeah, no, I know, but that's that's user rated yeah. as well. So and I just, Metacritic, yeah. it's so harsh. Well, and Rotten Tomatoes, just like we already talked about it, 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. It looks like well, worldwide this has done 217 million so far. So, oh yeah. On a b- just realizing now that ni- 95% of people uh, Google users have said they liked the film. Wow. Wow, that's that's pretty shocking. So we are on that 5% I don't know that how many didn't like it. I don't know what uh, well, Look, I, I can't I don't know I, what how they bring that are score in. Are we hipsters in, then? Are we against what the are we? anarchists? I think we're be- are we critics I now? Is that what we've become? I don't, think, I don't think you have to really care that much about films to realize that this movie lacked a lot of serious, um, a lot of serious thought. Like honestly, yeah. the villain uh, was absolutely weak sauce. Like just terrible. he, he like, wasn't. He didn't have anything about him that was physically intimidating or even you know mentally intimidating like he they just sort of told us he's this young genius but you don't ever really see him being that much smarter than anybody or anything that that would impose his sort of uh dominance on the world right he just has a lot of money and he's a yeah he's just a he's willing to test on humans right away that's it and that's it yeah it's yeah. like there's the mark of a villain it's like he he'll test we'll on go straight to human testing right after rabbits he's a bad guy yeah. Yeah. He doesn't care yeah. about people. It's like no. It's too soon. Yeah. Like he he's <laughs> that was the thing. Like he wasn't even smart or smart enough to deal with Eddie Brock's interrogation in any sort of meaningful or, or creative way, right? He just sort of That's it. This interview's over. Get him out of here. Get him out. It's like, wow, that's the clearest admission of uh, uh admission of guilt I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. It was <laughs> it, it was true though. Like this yeah. villain was horribly uh just not interesting and not not you you didn't care what he was doing either it's just the whole time it was just like what is everybody doing here why is everybody doing what they're doing it just doesn't really make sense that much and like and even even in the end when he wants to help out um the the other symbiote i can't remember the leader what was his name again riot riot he uh he's like Basically, like, okay, yeah, I'll go, go, I'll go get everybody else with you. You can <laughs> like, take my spaceship. Yeah, just so happens to have a private, uh, a private, private space travel company, and you know, a rocket ready to go. Yeah, and, just ready to I'm go gonna, at a moment. I'm gonna reference notice. another movie that scene felt like Men in Black, like that cockroach yeah. scene. Remember? Yeah, I can yeah. see that. I mm. think it's Sony too. I think they are, they, they, they're just making <clears throat> crappy decisions. <laughs> Yeah, but you would have thought like, okay, so the the sound, the vibration of the spaceship uh, or rocket on the outside is like doing that, but why not in the inside? I mean, yeah, same, the same frequencies would be like high level vibrations and frequencies would be happening inside of the cockpit. Maybe not on the same level, but like still, it's like why here, you know? Yeah, no, (laughs) that's what I was, I was. He also said, like in the car, he's like, "So your your weakness is sound." He's like, "Yes, and fire." It's like, okay, so wait a minute, sound and fire. So you're on a spaceship, you're being launched into space, and the the sonic noise around a space shuttle blasting off is obviously not enough to scare you out of the suit or out of the the person. But then getting blasted by rocket fuel as is as it blasting a rocket into space is not enough fire to kill you either. So I just don't get it. That makes no sense. 
Yeah. And again, it's just like, why is everybody doing this? Like, why is the bad guy on board with going and getting? That and I like to say bad guy is like, that is what he is. Is just like this token bad guy that just said everything that a bad guy said in other movies and went and did a bunch of things and immediately was like, I'm going to make the decision to go do the bad thing now. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I want to do it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it was just. I think this is the first time. Totally that lacking. We really and another thing too is like about a movie. Well, no, we said one thing. Yeah, I tried to say that. Well, look, I, I was thought like that I thought that Tom Hardy was the most interesting <laughs> yeah. part of the movie. Like, I thought he made some entertaining choices as an actor. I, I, you know, it's really hard to be a good actor in a bad movie. But I think he did fairly well, yeah, no, no, all but, things but, but considered. Still, like, I'm not going to say he's amazing, I, but I still the, think he was the better part of the he movie. He was the better part of the movie. Like, without I him, think... it would be unwatchable. <laughs> yeah. What did That's you think true. about the but music? But also, he didn't do that good of a job. I didn't even really notice the can music. I just say, can I just say something really? Yeah, I didn't notice the music either. We can right. come back to that in a second, because uh, you, you obviously did. But... Another thing was, and we've all kind of emphasized this, is the showing and not not telling, is was was never was just like way over the top. Like when he first goes in the water or like escapes as Venom and goes underwater and swims all the way across, um, yeah, across the bay or whatever, mm-hmm. and he like hops out. And he's like Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's like all of a sudden like out of the water, and he's like he's like oh. Oh, my legs, they, they're not broken like they were. Yeah, yeah, Just like yeah. these weird signals. I was like, come on. We know they were broken. You showed us. You don't need yeah. to do that. And we've and then, seen like, him a couple of times. Like, my weaknesses people. are sound and fire. Yeah. They're also fire. It's like, like, why throw why fire we... in? Why, why, not, why, why two weaknesses like that? Why not just, just sound? Yeah, well, it doesn't even matter. Like, why tell it? If he ever wants to get yeah. rid of you, he knows exactly how to do it. And the other thing, too, does Venom protect cell phones underwater? I guess he does, because <laughs> Eddie Brock takes a cell phone call right after he's, like, s- right. like rocketing he's under the water. The I was like, he swam is, he wa- is he waterproof? Venom, Venom, <laughs> this, Venom. I guess he well, is. Probably he has Sony's to Sony's announcing a new waterproof cell phone or something. You know? Yeah, there you go. You know That's a Sony love, product Yeah, placement. they love product placement in their movies. Yeah, well, they didn't. They decided to opt for uh, the uh, broken legs line over the pushing of the commercial of, or the new. Look phone. at my new Sony Xperia no. Z five seven eight nine. My legs, they were broken, and now I have this amazing waterproof phone. <laughs> <laughs> it can go up to fifty meters underwater, and it's only two ninety nine oh, in Rogers. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, great. Okay, yeah, Alex, you wanted to talk uh, about the music. I, I, I have a stuff. I have oh. a theory about movies with no original score. They tend to be bad. Mm-hmm. And the first, sure. well, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's, it's pretty like just look at Scorsese it. does no, it no, a no, lot. But, but he has score. He has like original music. In, their, in his films, and he uses okay. songs to it, right? 
and it's not like new popular songs. Here, first thing you listen right. to is Eminem. And for me, that's like, yeah. In the film? Yeah, like Eminem wrote the oh, right, theme yeah. for Venom. And it was like, this is like going back to 2001 or something. It was kind of... Yes, I do remember that. I credit, didn't like right? it. I didn't like it. And yeah. I found the whole music selection to be weak. And it took it took me back to the movies from the 90s and all the superhero mm. films that I don't know I think it takes you out of the fantasy world like the cool thing about superhero movies is that they completely take you to a different universe right like where everything is possible yeah and here's just the music I don't know I, I didn't like to hear to listen to Eminem or whatever I think it was Eminem yeah it's Eminem yeah. fair enough yeah, so I just had to yeah. I just had to mention yeah. that it's okay. I know that I know that the that Marvel and the Avengers have gotten a bit of flack for having very unnoticeable scores, but at least they're original. And you know what? Like that over time they've become for me, I enjoy I enjoy them and they do set enough of a mood, right? They're not they don't feel they don't feel out of place. Yeah. This uh, I can't say that um I noticed the score at all. I, I did notice the Eminem thing and I always kind of Whenever you kind of do something like that, um, where especially in these darker movies and you bring in these kind of, what would they be called, edgier musicians, or at a time, I wouldn't say Eminem's super relevant right now. Can everyone agree on I that? I don't think he's really relevant. Yeah. Or is he... Not that nothing against him, but like it just it, it does feel a bit dated. It does feel a bit like... When you you notice it a little bit too much, it does yeah. doesn't blend very well. I only remember him at remember, the credit. I, I, I to be watched honest. it twice. I, I guess so. I think I noticed it the second time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You right. It hit you that time. Yeah, I didn't really care too much for anything music wise. I, I really, it, I, I never so. like when they put hip hop in 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 movies like this. I I don't like it. I think it's too like popular. You know. Because when you go back to yeah, yeah it's I, it's yeah. trying to give yeah, it something. You're extra. creating you're creating a, an an alternate universe, yeah. right? And that that was odd to me too. Like, I know I guess Marvel does do that, right? Like their characters are set in like New York and everything, yeah. but to be in San Francisco and not even give it another name, I don't know. That that's that's strange to me. That's one of the things I like about DC is that it's you know it's Smallville, Metropolis, Gotham, uh, Gotham and they're they're, they're non-existent cities, so for me, I, that's what I prefer about DC. Uh, well, where is uh, Green Lantern from? Is uh, Capital City? I Capital can't remember City, where. Uh, no, no, Capital City is from where Flash is, right? Yeah, I is that so. what it is? Yeah, I think you so. might. Yeah, you're right. I think. I feel like uh, a better, right Central City. Central City. I feel like Green Lantern is from somewhere in California, isn't he, or like Arizona or something like that. Let me look, Hal Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, the Flash is from Central City. Coast City. Yeah, you're right. I've always Hal liked Jordan's that about Coast City. That... That's creative. Right. <laughs> yeah, they kind of lose their, their creativity. <laughs> Gotham is definitely... Chicago the... and New York, yeah. <laughs> Even Metropolis yeah, is like God. a great name. Metropolis isn't that creative, but you like the idea. I get where you're coming from. I like that idea yeah, too. What, yeah. what, what, like, <clears throat> but yeah, the, you can't remember how 
I, go, I, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I understand where they're coming from with like the in Marvel where they do things in our world. It, it doesn't bother me. It's just yeah. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right Alex though to, to create an original score feels it does set you into it does ground you in the universe and like each film in the Marvel universe has had their characters have had their own theme songs. And Interestingly enough, Guardians of the Galaxy has done a very good job of creating a vibe around classic rock songs. Yeah, and that's beautiful. As the, as the bedrock the musical track. Yeah, and it is, and it sets the vibe, it sets the tone. It's this very, it's this um, dichotomy between, you know, futuristic technology and dated technology in music, right? Like it just, yeah. it's this whole beautifully woven thing where it's just yeah it, it makes a lot of sense to do that but it, it's it really successfully gives it this warm nostalgic thing in deep deep space which is really cool yeah, it right makes it timeless. whereas in this film you don't know how to identify yourself you don't know how to you don't know how to find an identity for this film it, it just kind of is this it feels weird and out of place just like the end credit video <gasps> Right. Oh man. <laughs> okay. That was so, the weirdest thing ever. I I walked out of this film, and and the one thing I took away, I looked at my friend, and I said, "So, what was the point of that movie?" And I think that kind of summarizes everything about that that film. Is like, what is the point? I I don't know. They didn't make any. They didn't take any risks. They didn't do anything interesting, and like. What is the point of putting Woody Harrelson into the Marvel universe? <sighs> and he's not even the I, Marvel I universe. I gotta say, I do not like Woody Harrelson in these films. <laughs> I like this is one thing I want to talk about a little bit. Is like, it's it's always a big thing for me. It's like I don't want to see these actors in these movies. You know, like when he showed up in not that I saw Solo, but when he showed up in the trailer for Solo. I just, again, it's like, really? Why is Woody Harrelson in this? Yeah, it it doesn't make any sense at all. And like, you don't. You're right. You don't need to have these big names in there. They actually take away from the film. Yeah, because you're like, hey, um, that's Woody Harrelson. And who is he? I, I'm sorry, I'm oh, not a Spider-Man he's fan, carnage. but like for me. Yeah, he's Carnage. And who's okay, Carnage I, supposed to be? Or, Carnage is another he looks symbiote. Like a clown. Yeah, like Cletus Cassidy is a serial killer. He's pretty much like the Joker from the Spider-Man universe. He's kind of like okay. that, and he okay. is like this terrifying symbiote who can his hands can turn into weapons, and he's completely insane. People love it, but it was the weirdest introduction for him, and it happens something that happens in Star Wars. Not everybody knows who he is, so it's kind of confusing, and it doesn't really raise a question to be like, who is this guy? It's just like, why is he there? I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Well, in Solo, I didn't appreciate him in the film because you just you get hung up on the Woody Harrelsonness of it, and it's just it doesn't feel like Star Wars, and it didn't feel like Star Wars in that sense, just because he was there. And in this scene. You got really hung up on the Woody Harrelsonness mm-hmm. of what he was doing yeah. and his hair. What was going on there? The worst, and one just of the like, worst wigs he, I think I've seen yeah. in a movie. He looked like. <laughs> and that. what was he just? Why Do was you remember it? Remember that MTV guy? I think his name was Carrot Face or something. 
Carrot yeah, top? Yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. It felt like that. Carrot, it was yeah. face. I don't remember. That sounds like a villain from uh from Spider-Man <laughs> universe. Carrot face. Sounds more like self What are you doing here? <laughs> and the hero is a rabbit that has to eat him. Yeah. <laughs> carrot face. Yes, rabbit man will save the day yeah. once again. <laughs> he will devour <laughs> carrot and the, face. And then the cabbage patch kids are also <laughs> another group of villains. This is a great universe blending right here, though. Let's call Sony. Sony will love it. Let's do it. They'll make it, but they'll get in the way of the dream. (laughs) That's true. We should find a different studio. We'll we'll come up with. uh, We'll come up with this great script where Spider, where where Rabbit Man faces off against Carrot Face and the Cabbage Patch Kids, (laughs) and then they'll screw it up. Anyways, so this is damn. This this is a great idea. But so in this scene, though, I was like, okay, again. (laughs) <laughs> it's amazing how much we talk about Marvel, but in this sense, they are this. It's the same company, so you know it's okay. We can keep going on this. But what happened here was obviously an attempt at doing the classic Marvel end tag, and they didn't successfully do what Marvel has done very, very well, which is create interest mm-hmm. and get people excited, whether you're a fan or not of the film. I remember when. Iron Man 2 came out and seeing them show up at the crater in the middle of the desert and Thor's hammer gets revealed. Oh, dude. And you're like, and people in the theater were like, oh, yeah, like super awesome. And you're like, what is that? And it's it's cool. They create this suspense around it and yep. they reveal this hammer and you turn to your friend who knows what's going on, who is a Tom. huge Marvel fan and has been Tom <laughs> and who has been for years. And they say, that's Thor's, Thor's hammer. And they carry on the mythos that it, they, they reveal this whole thing, this whole backstory to it. They bring the myth to life for you in the discussion after the film. And you, you are like, you're intrigued by what's going on on screen. It's, interest, it's an interesting like little um, Easter egg, even for someone who has no idea what's going on. Yeah. In this film, I was like, I don't care what just happened. What is going on? <laughs> That's all. It's like, Woody like, what is, is happening prison. right now? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what's why is why is this person in prison? I'm not. I actually walked out of that like, I'm not gonna bother Google searching who this guy is because it wasn't <laughs> interesting enough. I I'm just I literally said I'm just gonna ask Alex when we do the podcast on Tuesday. <laughs> 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 the, the, the comic book geek. It happened. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm just gonna ask I Alex. Care. <laughs> I I really didn't care to take the two seconds because I was like that scene was really not. It's not interesting. Like they didn't create any tension. They beat it. Like what? What was he writing down with blood? Yes, he was. I don't know what was he was it, writing. Was it his it was name? Something. You, Oh yeah, no, he was writing uh, uh, Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock, oh, yeah. how romantic! Like so this, Eddie did an expose on him, coming. and like it just yeah, it was a wasted scene. They could have done something completely different, like introduce Spider Man. That would have been or hint at right, him. But they can't do that though, right? They can't because of but how the license is working right now. They can create a new universe, like they can do that. That's what they are doing with their animated film. That. Miles Morales film. Which I think is a good they idea. Can, they can totally do it. Oh. Yeah, that animated film at the end, that was kind that of fun. That looks good. Like, the, the, the post-credits so that's a whole feature that's, that's coming out in December, right? 
So that that actually like that intrigues me from a animation perspective. Yeah, I absolutely love the style. That was the most interesting yeah, part funny. of the, the theater experience, actually, because that was something and I, that was kind of like, oh, like who who are these characters? Like who is this guy who's being chased around, and then he, and then he finds Peter Parker lying in the snow. I thought that was kind of. And then he has to use Peter Parker to get away from the cops and all that stuff. And it was fun. I, was I don't funny. know if they're going to mix up the animated universe that they're creating with the live action, which would be kind of weird. I hope that if... I don't think they can. Know, it's like Sony, Sony. Really, they have yeah. no idea yeah. what they're doing. Like they Really, they should just sell up the property, but they see too much money going in there. I mean, surely yeah. they could sell the, the. Well, maybe not that much money. Yeah, never mind. Well, this is clearly what they're doing: is they're they're taking Spider-Man in a different direction to basically not confuse what's going on with Marvel and the Avengers right now. And they're going to do well with this film, I think. A lot of people are really excited about it. Um, that that they're all, like for them to not do another Easter egg ending. Um and just attack on that. It's obvious that they're trying to push for something else right now. They're they're putting a lot of money into that film. So yeah, I don't think they're gonna blend the two universes together. I think they're gonna stick to this for now, and it's it's trying something completely different, which I actually respect, and I think it's an interesting take on the animated Spider-Man. The animated and what universe. a great style that they picked. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a really cool. St- approach to and they should be doing that like if they were to release something with spider-man and venom and create their own universe it's it's going to completely dilute the um the the superhero spider-man scene right now like it's gonna it's really gonna take away from marvel i'm sure there's some agreement that they can't that they can't actually do a live action spider-man while this is going on with marvel and the avengers with the other spider-man yeah how do you guys feel? How do you guys feel about crossover actors from the Marvel universe and DC universe? That's that's kind of weird. Oh, with, I thought um, they had a contract not to do it, and I saw Ant Man and the West, and there was uh, two nights ago, and Lawrence Fishburne is mm-hmm. in it, and he's in. in oh in, yeah, he's in the yeah, DC universe. Yeah, he's uh, very white. That's right, he oh, is. Yeah. There's some other actors who also cross over yeah. and it's it's really weird. Yeah. Well like I Yeah, it is confusing. Do you think they were trying to take Tom Hardy and be like, Okay, you did an awesome job as Bane. Let's get you to do the same sort of thing in our universe and make you this this villain for Spider Man. Do you think that's what they're trying yeah. to do? Yeah, I think it's kinda like that. But how are they gonna how are they gonna do that? Do you do you guys do you guys think that they're gonna bring Spider Man into this? Do the Venom into do you think the they Venom have to? trilogy? If they do it, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, what's the point of you don't what's think the point of Venom then if there's no Spider Man? That's what I that's what I think. Like for me, it makes no yeah. sense because Spider Man, like Venom and Spider Man, and are what's yeah. interesting about that story. Without Spider-Man. yeah, but the way that they left it is that like now. Uh, now Venom is a hero. You know, he's a good guy. And they're walking around. It's like, you can only kill the bad guys. Right? Mm-hmm. So there's no threat of, of Venom. No, there's no threat. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. so if, if they bring him in, what, they're going to fight together and be best buddies? 
They're gonna, they're gonna it do doesn't a make sense. Does that ever happen? Because Peter Parker's a high school <laughs> student, and uh, Eddie Brock is, you know, pushing that's, forty. That's yeah, exactly. That's another <laughs> thing that really bugged me. Like they're supposed to be yeah. in a similar age thing, right? And here, like yeah. Tom Hardy's huh. nearly forty, and Tom Holland is like twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> And Tom Holland yeah, that's looks right. really young. Like he looks like a high school student. Yeah. In Avengers. I know what they're gonna do because he very well cast. They do an R Venom movie. Maybe Venom is gonna try to eat Tom Holland, and Peter Parker is gonna accuse him of sexual harassment, and then they hate each other. Yeah. Yeah. There's your your R movie. I already wrote the there you the go premise of the film. Well, yeah. Sony's going to screw that up. I'm sorry, Alex. All right. Well, is there anything left to say? Mm. I don't know. I think this is going to be one of our yeah. short podcasts. One hour. <laughs> we all kind of know where we stand on this. We just yeah. got to diss the movie for don't, an hour. Don't, don't watch it, right, people. Don't. don't watch. No, I mean, uh, well, apparently people yeah. like it. So maybe go watch it and see for yourself. I continue to say, you know, Go watch it, see for yourself. But here's what we think, and then hopefully we pointed out some things that are you would consider. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Shall we rate it? Yeah. Yeah. Again. Uh, well, I've already rated it. So Jono goes four. I went four. Alex, you were the mystery rating, so you get to uh, you get to finish. I, I, finish I, I need drums. I need drums. Jono, go go and play drums. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I go 2.5 out of 10. Whoa. Yeah. I have a tambourine in here, by the way. I I thought it was a cat with like a little bell. (laughs) No. It was. (laughs) I bought a new tambourine for my hi hat. So, as we all know, I'm a drummer out there. So, it's sitting in here waiting to be used for the next show. Yeah. Anyways, well, Alex. 2.5. 2.5. I respect that. Yeah. Frankly, I think we could have been harder on the film, Dan. You want to change this? No, no. I'm pretty happy with giving it a four. I, I, I just feel like it wasn't, it wasn't horrendous. It wasn't great. It was just very much like, like I said, what was the point of that film? I don't know. There was no risk. There was nothing. There was no real takeaway. So I'm just. But, like, I did laugh. I enjoyed some of the Venom bits. I, like I said, Tom Hardy was at least somewhat interesting at times. But, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty happy with a four. I, I just, the biggest thing that drove me nuts about it was, was the celebrity casting. Like, Michelle Williams and Woody Harrelson and Tom Hardy. It just, I don't want to see celebrities in these movies, just like I don't want to see celebrities in Star Wars. But that's another topic. It's pretty much yeah. the same. Yeah, they should stop casting celebrities. Like George Lucas was pretty smart back then and didn't cast any celebrities. Yeah. And, well, Alec yeah. Guinness, but he's he only for genius. in the movie for twenty minutes, so it doesn't really matter. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was uh that was a very good point. Yeah, he was a genius. Yeah. That, no, I think uh Well like nobody knew who Thor was when they cast Thor. And now look at him. Yeah. And, like, even, I don't know, I think even, like, Chris Evans, he was around, he'd done the Fantastic Four, but he wasn't a megastar. No, nobody yeah, nobody no, even true. remembered it was, like, him in the Fantastic Four. 
Yeah. To be honest, didn't Robert Downey Jr. kind of have a bit of a career dip there yeah. well yeah. before yeah, Iron yeah, Man? Was, He'd like kind of disappeared for a while. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it does seem to have, like, it, when you put weight on the character to carry the film and not the actor, I think you it forces you to do make a good story. And there's definitely been a film like this over, I don't know, over whatever uses big names and sacrifices story to sell tickets and that's a little bit of a shame but i always kind of think about this type of stuff when you see like the amount of work that goes into these films yeah and you're like so critical of these things and like they are actually like pretty impressive pieces of work but really what was on the cheapest part of the whole production the paper really matters the most it's true, man. Unfortunately, the writing just and not there. not to discredit anybody out there that tried their best on this film. Like I res- I respect the work that goes into these things. It's very impressive, but it's just a little unfortunate that the storytelling wasn't quite there. Yeah, yeah I agree. So, yeah. good job, everybody. Good job on Venom. Good job, except you, Ruben Fleischer. Swing and a miss. No. <laughs> Swing and a miss. <laughs> <laughs> Except you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> John, why, why don't you well, take us out, John? <laughs> let's take it out. So we've got our scores in. That was a lovely chat. We enjoyed watching the film. Thank you very much for listening to the, the Film Buffs podcast once again for our Venom episode. It was a pleasure. Uh, I have been John O'Say. And I'm Alex. And I'm Dan. I don't think I'm... I don't think I'm supposed to say my last name, am I? <laughs> no, because they're going to kidnap you. It's supposed to be That's a right. mystery. Can we just bleep that out? <laughs> we'll just cut it out. I'm John o- <laughs> Yeah, just cut that I'm out. Let's Alex keep it a mystery. <laughs> Wayne. Yeah, and I'm John O. Um, um, Potts. <laughs> On that note, we will see you next week. (laughs) Goodbye, people. Okay. Bye-bye.